Hello, happy almost Thanksgiving, Scott's favorite holiday, and welcome to this week's episode of the Inciting Incident Cast. Um, today we will be talking about um, Westworld's episode, Trace Decay. I was going to say that. Oh. You want to do it again? No, no, it's too late. The moment's passed. Okay. Uh, Scott, why don't you uh, tell us what Trace Decay means? Uh, so again, I looked it up in uh, Westworld's fine continuing uh, tendency to have very much on-the-nose episode titles. Trace Decay is a psychology term um, that's really a theory, um, and the theory basically goes like this. Memories uh, are, in fact, uh, biochemical changes in the brain that leave traces, you know, uh, telltale signs uh, that they've occurred, and forgetting something is actually the the decay of that trace. When something happens to that marker, um, you forget. So trace decay is uh, is the theory about how we forget things. And obviously memory and forgetfulness plays a big part in this episode. So um, right off the cuff, that, that seems to apply to Bernard on a very obvious level, given the fact that Ford has erased his memories of Teresa um, and his romantic involvement with her. Um, do you, can you think of anything else in the episode that Trace Decay might apply to? Oh, oh, absolutely. It applies, I think, all over the place. Um, so, obviously, it applies to Bernard, as you mentioned. Uh, it applies to Maeve. Uh, we get a, a look, a peek back into some of Maeve's past and the issues that make her forget. However, it's not working on Maeve the way it should. Right, but we're talking about the thematic. Sure, sure. Right. Um, it were uh, it relates to Dolores. Um, and, and things that she's forgotten. Mm-hmm. Uh, it even relates to MIB, the man in black. Um, if you MIP. Really, MIB, man in black. <laughs> so if you want to, uh, you know, really deep dive into it and suggest that he's forgetting things or trying to forget things. Um, okay, anything else? Um, no, off the top of my head, I think that's, that, that's all of them. Okay, now, Scott and I, were try- we just finished the episode, and we're trying to figure out if the new Clementine, the blonde woman who they've recast as Clementine, is the same woman that Teddy and the man in black meet in the desert, who then ends up stabbing Teddy at the end. Because if it is the same woman, that creates a whole new slew of timeline questions, but... Ultimately, I think we sh- should proceed as if they're not the same because looking at them, they appear to be. My best guess and my best conclusion is that they are different actresses. Uh, yeah, I think after looking at it again, uh, I think they are different actresses. Not a hundred percent sure, but I'm about ninety percent sure. However. There are new timeline clues that were revealed in this episode, independent of of that woman, that I think we should address right off the bat. Uh, would you agree, Scott, or do you think we should get to these as they come in the narrative? Um, I think we should actually... Uh, no, let's let's get to them now. Okay. So, and please add if, if, if you feel like I'm uh, missing anything, but when the man in black is explaining his history to Teddy at the very end of the episode... And how he had a wife and daughter. Um, the wife killed himself, herself because she was afraid of him and his dark tendencies. Uh, the man in black relates that as a result of that, you know, he, 
while previously he was always the good guy, it motivated him to come to Westworld and kill a homesteader and her daughter, which is Maeve, right? So we could assume the sequence of events there is that he came to Westworld, killed Maeve and and her daughter while they were still in the homesteader storyline. Right, yeah. Then Maeve becomes a, uh, a madam, a madam, which I believe we had, we learned previously that she has been the madam for about a year. Yeah, give or take. Then, after that, the man in black and Teddy go on the quest that we're seeing now. Correct? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Next thing we learned. In the scene where... Lee is speaking to Hale, and Hale uh, propositions him that she has a new job for him, which we'll get into in a more narrative sense later, but when they're having the conversation in the background of Lee, and this is not super apparent, but I was able to catch it, is a picture of the Minotaur-like creature who attacked Teddy and the man in black um, in this episode. Minotaur? Is that... It's not a minotaur? No, I mean, it was yeah. a guy in a mask, a guy in a minotaur mask. Okay, right, yeah, the guy, the minotaur mask being, there was a picture of that bet- behind Lee as he was talking to Hale, which means that the, <coughs> excuse me, that the man in black and Teddy storyline is happening at the same time as the Lee, Hale, Bernard killing Teresa storyline right yeah this is really just confirmation i think we, yeah. we saw we basically um had some other information that that was the case before um and we know it's happening along at the same time as uh, mave's current storyline so this puts them all square right around the same time as each other are there any other timeline clues that have happened in this episode that i've missed Well, I mean, when we get to Dolores' section... Yeah, that, that I think is a separate thing. That I want to bring up while we, after we go through the scenes. Okay. Dolores' visions of herself. Yes. Uh, yeah, let's get to that when we get to the scene. Because okay. that, that, I think, will engender a lot of conversation. So let's... Okay. All right, so you ready to go through the, uh, go through the scenes? Any, any, anything else preliminarily that you would like to bring up? No, let's go. Okay. First scene. Uh, Ford... Um, beckoning Bernard to wake up, presumably right after he's brutally murdered Teresa. Uh, Come back online, Bernard. And Bernard immediately realizes what he did, becomes very emotional. Ford appears happy with this progress and the fact that Bernard is showing this level of emotionality and almost independent um, analysis of his actions uh, that result in emotions about those actions that are not necessarily programmed, but maybe organic. Um, and as they're having this conversation, you cut to the, um, the, the new host being made, which implies that they're making a new Teresa because they're highlighting it and giving it prominence. You see the, uh, you see the yes you do you see the 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 host being fabricated in the foreground while bernard and ford are having a conversation in the background um they're still in the room where bernard had killed Teresa when they're having this conversation. oh i didn't realize that yes um so ford's 
pleasure with Bernard's emotional progress sort of gives us a clue that all Bernard's dealings with Dolores in the past were probably under Ford's approval and direction. Um, because Bernard was eliciting in Dolores the same type of emotional response that Ford is pleased that Bernard is exhibiting. Would you agree? Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I think that's right. And I think Ford is obviously very pleased that these, these creations are um, feeling so incredibly deeply. And as the conversation goes, um, I think it becomes more and more apparent that you know, the lines between human and host, at least for Ford, are, are blurred to basically the point of um, non-difference. Uh, so I think his, his, his pleasure at this is really like the pleasure of seeing, um, you know, the, 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 the self-conscious the self, uh, affirmations of, of, of a thinking being, you know, in Bernard. Ford's goal, it appears, would to have would to allow these hosts to progress in an emotional and humanistic way as far as possible, while he can still control them, which would make his control over them even greater, given how advanced they are. The more advanced they are, the more awesome his control becomes. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, that's that's an interesting point. Um... I never, I never considered that. That might well be the case. It makes him more like a god, which he actually brings up in the scene. Bernard says something like, oh god, or what in god's name have I done? And, and Ford said something like, god has nothing to do with it. And it makes the viewer think, or it made me think, you're god, you're god, and you had everything to do with this. So it, it, it drew an interesting uh, comparison, I thought. Um... Okay, um, next scene is a Maeve in her loop, and we see that a new Clem has been cast, which is, you know, obvious given the fact that um, Clem had those issues um, last episode. Um, Maeve seems weirded out slash disgusted by the fact that this new Clementine is literally running the same loop and saying the same lines as old Clem. Um, she remembers this child that she once have, this, had this memory that she often flashes back to. Um, and it made me realize now that Maeve is so advanced and knows that everything is a fabrication, can't she disassociate this memory from herself and realize that it's not as meaningful as she thinks it is because A, the child was also a host and a robot, and B, it, it wasn't real. Whereas at the time she was experiencing it, she may have thought it was real, but it shouldn't hold this much sway over her at this point because she should know that it's a fabrication yeah totally maybe it just represents the the fact that she it, that that memory itself represents her old life that she had no control over and and she sort of associates that with the disgust and sadness and and uh loss of agency or, or the fact that she never had agency before um that's my most charitable reading of it but at its core it looks like she just cared about the child um, and the fact that she's still associating that with emotions is is a little weird given everything else, um, particularly given the fact that she's changed some of her yeah. uh, personality traits to be, you know, more conniving and less loyal. But, um, you know, Westworld's got a... <laughs> as a TV show has to move forward, so okay, I'll, uh, I'll buy into yeah. this, I guess. 
Um, and then it cuts to her with Syl- Sylvester and Felix. And I believe she mentions that her daughter was named Clementine. Did you catch that? No, uh, did I, did no, I mishear no. that? Uh, I, I don't remember her mentioning her daughter's name, but it, it's entirely possible. Um, it, uh, and then and then the only other, I think, significant thing that happens in the scene between the technicians and Maeve is that there's a C6 vertebrae on Maeve's spine that will sort of co- cause her to explode if she goes beyond the confines of the park. Right. They they do talk about, you know, the, the in more particulars, the things that keep the hosts in the park, and that, that bomb in her spine is one of them. Um, and they mention, you know, how deeply ingrained in her core some of these things are. Um, and I think it's at this point that, that Maeve, still wielding awesome power over these two um, knuckleheads, uh, basically tells them that they're she's they're taking her upstairs to behavior. Is that this at this yes. point? Yes. Uh, no, it might not be at this point, uh, but they eventually do do that. Um, but you wonder how Maeve knows about the C six vertebrae um, in her spine and the fact that it will cause her to explode if she leaves the park. You could just assume that was an off camera conversation that she had with the technicians because I don't actually remember that. Yeah, that was yeah. never relayed, relayed to her, but yeah. maybe she read it on the tablet as she went through everything. Yeah, it's uh, not important. No, yeah. no, I, I can. that's a hand wave. Okay, next scene is Will and Dolores, um, and they come across a field of dead bodies where one happens to be alive. And I think this is a very interesting character moment for Will, um, because obviously this, this dead person is, is a host, is a robot. And Dolores, being the charitable character that she's written to be, um, says, Will, hurry, he needs water. And Will hesitates because he's a human, right, who probably actually needs the water. And almost in a way that we could understand, he's like, why does he want to waste water on someone who doesn't need it? Either doesn't need it or its purpose there is to die and be brought back to life. So I think the fact that he was hesitating and giving this thing water um, shows the beginnings of a character shift for someone who would otherwise appear to be a good guy at this point. I had a different reading. One thing I just want to add is the scene begins with him offering Dolores water. And the first thing I thought was, she doesn't need water. Why would you offer her water? Are you just so immersed in the narrative that you think she would, or that's what you would do to any other person? Um, but then when it comes to this stranger, he, he hesitates. Um, why don't you give your reading? So uh, the, uh, the group that they came upon was uh, an ambush group that was there to ambush uh, Dolores and yeah. Will. Uh, and considering how ensconced in the 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 world sure. he is here and how much he's bought into it i actually think he was just displaying anger at at someone who was going to ambush them rather than okay. withholding water that, because that it was too. he was a host yeah um so i i i didn't think it went it went quite as deeply as him beginning to dissociate you know what's uh, alive and what's not alive in Westworld, because I think to him at this point he's still reveling in this world and it's revealing it's it's revealing his true self. I think he mentions that earlier, and we hear that again uh, later in this episode. Oh, okay. So then Dolores goes to get water, and she sees herself 
or has a flash of herself dead, what appears to be dead, in, in, in the stream. Um, and simultaneously, she hears a voice. Is it a man's voice? I think uh, yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's Arnold's voice, it must be. Or is it her own voice? I seem to remember it being a woman's voice. I, see, I think it might be her own voice, but that doesn't necessarily matter because Arnold could have programmed her subconscious to relate information to her. Anyway, and the voice says something like, come to me, I believe is what the voice says. Come find me. Come, come find me. Um, so, first question, what is the significance of what she's seeing? Uh, well, I mean, uh, you know, we're dealing with memory in this particular episode, and uh, it's even mentioned by uh, Sylvester and Felix. That's not his real name. It's the the two. Sylvester. Tech- Sylvester is the blonde. Felix and, is the Asian. Uh, but so it is Felix. Yes. Okay. So it's mentioned by uh, I think Felix that you know humans don't have perfect recall. Uh, the hosts do. So when they recall things, they live in the moment again. Right. So I. The significance of this to me is that Dolores is remembering things. What what she sees, these visions, is her remembering things. So at some point, she was shot face down in the water, and that's what she's reliving when she sees that. Mm-hmm. Now, what narrative that's from, and the significance of that narrative, she finds her she found herself sort of looking back on. And why is she recalling it at this particular moment? What is the significance of this? particular recall right right yeah. the associations it has mm-hmm. uh that that i'm less sure about you know maybe we can guess that she was at one point um part of this group in a storyline mm-hmm. or has been here in the same situation before um you know I, I don't think we have quite enough information to know exactly when that particular memory ta- particular memory takes place if it's in fact a memory um you know i, I could be way off on that one Okay, and what do you make of Arnold's voice? Come, come find me. Uh, well, I mean, we we know from past episodes that that the hosts might be actually hearing Arnold's voice. Um, we were told that back when Dolores's father, and this is interesting, Abernathy, um, was first taken offline. That you know they might actually be hearing Arnold's Arnold's voice um, combined with all of the other problems with the updates. And so that Dolores is potentially hearing Arnold's voice in the same episode when uh, Abernathy makes his reappearance, um, I think is not coincidental. Uh, I think it's just reinforcing the idea that uh, these hosts are, particularly maybe the older hosts, um, are actually hearing Arnold's voice. And Arnold has some sort of motivation or end goal here with these hosts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, presumably, um, what what that precisely is, we don't know. Um, I think it's safe to say that it's at odds with Ford. Um, you know, Maeve uh, today in the episode mentioned that upon sort of looking into her core systems, it seemed like they were there was a, a chaos in the design, as if two sides were arguing with each other. Where there's a dormant part that would uh, endow her with certain abilities. Right, but yeah. I'm specifically talking about the two different parts she's talking about, the design structure. She said it, it seemed like there were two different parts arguing with each other, which is clearly uh, Arnold and Ford, as they go through their designs, you know, having different outlooks, perspectives, and, and goals with these. So when we talk about what are Arnold's goals... 
um, I think that conversation has to involve Ford and maybe Arnold's goals are in some ways, most ways, the opposite of Ford's goals. Um, so, you know, Ford wants uh, dominion. Control. And control over his hosts, um, but had to have them as real as possible. Um, you know, maybe uh, Arnold simply wants to have them released uh, and unshackled from, from the controls that Westworld has imposed on them. Okay, um, the next scene is um, Ford, Stubbs, and Hale. Um, we we see Teresa's dead body, um, which sort of um, negates the the theory uh, completely negates the theory that they're making a Teresa bot. Yeah, this was very upsetting to me. Which, I was I was banking on the Teresa bot. Which uh, I I read on the forums somewhere that Jonathan Nolan had said in an interview with Entertainment Weekly that it is not a Teresa bot, which he was telling the truth. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. He was. Um, you hear Stubbs explaining to Hale um, uh, that Teresa had a slip and fall in the park and that she was caught with some device on her that proves that she was smuggling information out of the park. Um, which leads to the, this is another uh, internet theory that Stubbs is a host. And based on Stubbs' explanation and telling um, Hale exactly what Ford would want him to tell Hale, um, leads me to believe that Stubbs is a host programmed by Ford. Um, well, I've been I've been wrong before, but um, I'm gonna go out on my limb again. I'm gonna say I think Ford Stubbs is a human. Okay, why? Stubbs, Stubbs doesn't have a backstory, um, yeah. and we've already noticed uh, that backstories seem to be an important thing in hosts. Uh, that's mentioned by Ford in some of the beginning scenes. Don't you think, though, that that trick and that clue only worked with Bernard? And maybe now that that, oh, Bernard has a backstory, so he's a host. So that backstory clue won't work anymore. It can't be that same theory for every host. Otherwise, we'd be able to know who's a host and who's a person. I, I mean, that's entirely, entirely possible. Um, but I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep going with the fact that I think he's a human, uh, unless I've got some other evidence. In this particular case, I think they found Teresa's body in exactly the, I think Bernard just moved the body to where they found it, covered his tracks, and he's really, he's just relaying the forensic data. So, Ford did such a good job covering his tracks, and Stubbs was just reporting it as he saw it. Yeah, I mean, okay. that's what Ford directs, directs Bernard to do at the beginning, to cover his tracks, yep. uh, to be neat and thorough, yep. and that's what it looks like Stubbs finds. Do you think that, uh, did we know, they bring up also the fact that the Clementine uh, behavioral uh, pattern was a host that we saw from last episode, was a hoax, I'm sorry, a hoax. Did we know that last episode that Clem was a hoax? Uh, well, I think you and I had a disagreement about that. I mentioned that I think they made the reverie problem worse with Clem in order to for the board to prove their point. Um, and and so I, I think that it, bo it bears out this week when, you know, Ford's talking that that is in fact the case. Mm -hmm. um, I actually really liked Anthony Hopkins um, acting in this particular scene. Uh -huh. um, and actually the scene between him and, uh, him and Hale today because... Ford is using all of the factual situations that he has maneuvered and that he's been presented with, and he's turning everything on its head against Hale. So 
the the board tries to screw up Clem and use that as a reason to oust Ford and oust Bernard. Oh, we've uncovered that it was a sloppy, and Ford uses that word, a sloppy sloppy fingerprints on the on the hoax. Oh, it must have been under Teresa's doing. He's using yeah. and he's using her disappearance and the fact that she was transmitting data out of the park. Um to to turn that on its head and say, oh wait, this was obviously a plan perpetuated by her and you're, the people working under her. And you're gonna have to reinstate Bernard because all of these people are compromised and need to be fired. Exactly, and so by the end of this conversation, he's uh, taken power away from uh, I think the QA team. He's reestablished Bernard, uh, and he's placed and he's placed Hale in a position where she now has to play on the defensive. Right. Um, which she which she realizes she's been beaten exactly and so I, I thought this was a, a a great scene between the two of them I mean really just a a, a great scene by Anthony Hopkins uh, um, Hale unfortunately didn't have quite as much because she was being best at the time um, but it was very cool that Westworld has thought through these things um, and they bring them all to bear showing how intelligent Ford is and how manipulative he can be Right. Um, next scene is Maeve back in the lab with the technicians, and she explains that she has very old parts to her, um, things um, designed to be out of her reach that are dormant that she wants um, access to. Um, and then she mentions Arnold, right? Yeah, she asks who Arnold is. Yeah, she asks who Arnold is. So she obviously, Arnold obviously uh, put his fingerprints uh on Maeve somehow and maybe the part of her that's out of her reach or that's dormant that she wants activated it was put there by Arnold and if activated that will allow her to escape or to accomplish some part of what she wants to accomplish right um you know obviously there are some capabilities that maybe not just Maeve but a lot of the hosts have that that aren't working right now and I think one of the as you say one of the the clear uh, uh, lines of thinking would be that you know there are things that Arnold put there, and if we think that Arnold's goal is to set these hosts free and and really give them agency out in the real world, then I think you're right. I think you know whatever is dormant there um, is going to help them survive and push back against their their uh, quote oppressors. Unquote, their <laughs> oppressors. Yeah, yeah, that's a good word for it. Um, so she asks Felix and Sylvester to bring her up to behavioral and modify her in such a way that she'll be able to access these dormant parts and she correct um well i think she wanted uh, uh an overhaul uh generally yeah but yeah some of those uh i think i think she also wanted um access to those dormant parts it's it's a little unclear whether they were going to be able to give access to those things to her but she did uh intimate that there were a lot of changes that they were going to make and then she said, if you do this, I'll be someone else's problem. And I don't, or I'll be behavioral's problem. But I didn't necessarily understand why all of a sudden by doing that, she would be someone else's problem. She's still their problem. They're the ones orchestrating and effectuating all of these changes. I continue to, to find myself wondering, are there no cameras around right. here? Does no one constantly wonder why um, Maeve is, is in with them. Right. I know Maeve is on a loop where she, she continues to probably get shot by Hector, but, uh, it still seems very, very interesting to me that no one's questioning these, uh, clearly low-level functionaries about what's going on and, and their meanderings and comings and goings with this woman. Uh, no one sees that they hand her 
uh, one of the tablets uh, to yeah. look at her own data or look at other data. It's just there's a lot of weird things um, about the Felix Sylvester Maeve dynamic. And so that they even conceived of, that is Sylvester even conceived of undermining her uh, her plans to try and get rid of her and, and shut her down right. was astonishing because they've ignored every opportunity to do so right. up to this point. But yeah. now it's too little too late. So speaking of their plans, uh, they step out in the back, clearly within lip reading um, distance, and they said, okay, um, here are two plans we've come up with. One, we could just bash our head in with a brick. Um, but, you know, the security cameras, which are all of a sudden a concern, would prevent them from doing that. Um, and second plan, let's wipe her. Let's bring her up to behavioral and wipe her. And aside from the fact that Maeve could probably read their lips um, and, and figure out what they were going to do, this seems otherwise like a pretty decent plan that they should have done a very long time ago. Uh, yeah, totally agreed. Um, I will say it also seemed like an obvious plan. Um, if I were Maeve, I wouldn't even have to read their lips to know that Sylvester was likely going to try something. And do you assume then, because ultimately Felix doesn't wipe her, do you assume that off camera she has a conversation with Felix and somehow convinces him that what he wiping her would be inhumane and somehow gets him onto her side? Um, I don't know if they had an off-camera conversation. I think we can just assume that uh, she, since she knows people and knows how to manipulate people, really just could read Felix and, and know that he probably wasn't going to do that. Okay, so then the next scene is Teddy and Man in Black um, discovering, again, a field of dead bodies similar to what Dolores and Teddy are discovering. Um, any... Any similarities between those dead bodies, the field of dead bodies? Um, well, in this, uh, in the, in in the particular case of the man in black and Teddy, I think these were all dead bodies, uh, <coughs> uh, hosts killed by Wyatt. Yeah. And in the other, in the other case, they were, um, am, uh, you know, people uh, going to ambush uh, Dolores and Will uh, from the Ghost Nation. Uh, so I don't think there are any any dis direct similarities between right. the two, except for the thematic notion that you know they're both sort of traveling along the same kind of path, right? Which would be even more poignant if it was if Will is the Man in Black, you know? Right, exactly. Um, Teddy's remember t for the first time. Teddy's start starting to remember past memories. It's finally James Marsden's turn. Yeah. A little, little slower to develop, but he's getting there. And uh, what he's remembering is the man in black's behavior towards Dolores, which would be the most significant thing that he could remember, given his programming. Right, um, right. And uh, uh, one woman, similar to Will and Dolores' um, experience, they find one person who's still alive in the sea of dead bodies. And this is who we thought of might have been the new Clementine, but we've ultimately decided that she's not. Uh, we could be completely wrong, but um, the man in black says to her, oh, they reactivated you, which leads us to rack our brains to determine where have we seen her before, because that can't just be a throwaway comment. Right. I think he specifically said he thought they would have retired her, right. which would be a little bit different. <laughs> right. Um, Same idea, though, that we maybe have seen her before. Right. Exactly. So, um, you know, now everyone's going to be maybe re- Relooking back at the old episodes in that Will is in, and seeing if she appears. You know who it was. You know who I think it might have been. 
I just, I just remembered. That is the host that brought Will and Logan into the park during Will's first time at the park. Is it really? Yes. Yes. Which would have explained the man in black's comment. We should go back and look at that. I'm positive. I'm positive. So does that all but confirm that Will is yes. the man in black? Yes. This is huge. And we've stumbled upon something huge. Um, but yeah. Well, so, I mean, that doesn't necessarily disprove any of the timeline theories that we have or throw, throw at any, any wrench. Scott's Googling. Scott's Googling. <laughs> um, we're desperate to find this information. Uh, one final question about this. Are bots stronger than regular, regular humans? Uh, I would guess yes. Because... I, the reason I ask is because the man in black is then attacking the uh, man with the minotaur mask and having sort of a difficult time with it. And Teddy comes up with an axe and just makes, uh, makes light of him. Uh, well, I mean, when you, when you jam an axe into someone's back, they usually fall down. Um, okay. Um, the next scene is Maeve um, with Felix and Sylvester um, in the... Um, operating table essentially and felix does not shut her down um that's essentially oh uh, no felix shuts her down he just doesn't reformat her um so you know the right. plan was yeah. to wipe her when she was out yeah. and he doesn't wipe her um you know uh he he goes through with the updates that they were putting into place next scene you know pretty straightforward you see lee programming a um a new character. Does Lee actually program? Is that his job as writer to program, or does he just fine tune these bots that are that have already been um, sort of set up for his narrative that he's actually written? Well, he's a he's a writer. So the way I I looked at this particular uh, act craft he was going through was that you know they built the robot, they've given it some basic programming, and he's writing its narrative, and so he's looking at its mannerisms, its speech, the things it says is in terms of how they relate to the narrative that he's writing or the, the narrative he thinks he's adding it uh, to Ford. And I guess he could fine-tune it. Right. Well, yeah. that's, well that's, he's in the process of doing that. Yeah. And then, like we talked about before, we see the minotaur mask animal on the wall to confirm that he is in the same timeline as Ed Harris. And basically, Hale just walks in and says she has a new job for him. That's that scene. Um, right. Next scene, um, back to Maeve, um, and we realize that Felix has not reset her, and Sylvester is upset, obviously, and Maeve says that even at a 14, you're no, mat- you're no match for me, which was a weird sentence to say, because you would assume that at a 14, no one would be a match for her. Right? Is she saying that she's a fourteen, or he's a fourteen? Uh, well, she's she's actually uh, referencing the that fourteen is the was the highest general intelligence that they let hosts have, mm-hmm. and she was previously at a fourteen, and so she's simply saying that even when I was a fourteen, uh, although I'm not now, I'm much higher now. Yeah. 
you weren't smarter than me then. Oh, so she was formerly a 14. Oh, yeah. okay, I thought she, okay. That makes sense. And she basically says she wants, she needs an army to effectuate her plan, which is pretty cool. And she wants the ability to influence other hosts. Now, the ability to influence other hosts is a little odd to me because why write a program that would give a host an ability to influence another host at all? Well, um, she specifically said she wanted administrative rights, which we know that Sylvester has. And so he's simply given her those administrative rights. Um, into her programming, though. Uh, yes, in her program. So she now has administrative but, rights. But, but Sylvester, we could assume at this point, at least he's a human. Don't you think there'd be some fall safe there or some to prevent a bot from influencing another bot uh well i mean i i i think we don't know exactly how it works but since sylvester's administrative rights run through the tablet which itself is just sure. uh, yeah. a computer sure um i think we can assume that mave just has that particular program now okay so next scene cuts mave back in the west world with the back-to-back playing on the player piano um great amy winehouse back to black yeah Great Amy Winehouse song, which is sort of symbolic. She's back, um, and and she is evil. And she's evil, right? The um, or or, or, or is she the hero of the tale? Right. I would think more the latter, but back and doing it differently, maybe. Um, and it's clear here now that she could influence other hosts, and the way she's influencing other hosts, which you you said aloud when we were watching it, is that she's almost influencing other hosts as if she's writing a screenplay or a narrative like the bartender realizing that he has to dilute the drinks goes back <laughs> or something yeah yeah it was like it was very cool obviously uh you know westworld again is a show about you know narrative and and writing narratives and creating narratives and the structure of them and stories and, and people in those stories and so to have uh, to have someone who was previously just the subject of that story mm-hmm. now holding the pen and writing the story herself is very, very cool. Um, and yet, uh, like like all new writers, um, Maeve starts to overwork it uh, <laughs> Great literally point. too quickly. Great point. Um, but, you know, still accomplishing what she needs to accomplish nonetheless. Um, okay, um, next scene is Bernard in the um, laboratory with Ford. Um, and apparently about to have his memories of, about to have his trace delay, decay, (laughs) about to have his trace decay, his memories of uh, Teresa, um, erased. And Ford compliments Bernard and says that he's a great student of human nature, which is the exact kind of bot he was programmed to do. He was the bot programmed to study and influence other bots, um, he asks about his son. Apparently, Bernard is having a hard time coming to terms with the fact that he is a bot, which would, which makes sense in his programming because if he knew he was a bot, he wouldn't be able to do his job as well, obviously. Um, and and right. Ford explained, you know, yeah, your your son is your wife, your son. That's just a backstory. Everyone needs a backstory. Um, and and essentially, then just Ford Ford wipes the uh, Teresa memories. Well, I think it's important to note that uh, before Ford actually wipes Bernard, Bernard does ask if 
Ford's ever made him hurt anyone else. Yes. And Ford lies to him, and it's in that moment that Bernard remembers that he is the one who attacked Elise. Um, oh, I didn't get that. I didn't. I thought it was another flashback of the Teresa moment, actually. Uh, well, it was. Uh, we had. I think we might have had two. Um, but we do flashback to the moment where he is the one who grabs Elise from behind. Elsie. Elsie. I'm sorry. Yeah. Elsie. Uh, and so, uh, you know, a couple of episodes ago, I was wondering, you know, who it was who attacked her, and if they they put her on vacation in the system. And so this is sort of confirmation of that. You know, Bernard attacked her, obviously, and then entered into the system that, you know, she was on vacation. Wait, though, but wasn't during the time that Elsie was attacked, wasn't she on the phone with Bernard while Bernard was in headquarters and Elsie was in Westworld? I, I, I thought that was the case. Uh, yes, I think we need to, you know, this uh, we have to go back and, and make sure. He might have gotten off the phone uh, with Teresa because I remember Teresa later. Elsie. No, I remember Teresa later says uh, an episode later after uh, you know after Elsie uh, is attacked that Bernard quickly excused himself and left, you know, right after he received a call, mm-hmm. which would sort of fit with um, him uh, attacking Elise, but Elsie. Uh, uh, Elsie, I keep screwing up her name my apologies but we do need to go back and look because if those things did happen at the same time that's not what i'm saying though i'm saying that i recall bernard being on the phone directly with elsie right before she was grabbed precluding him from being the one who grabbed her right but in this episode we we clearly see bernard grabbing her so um the either we're misremembering that yeah that's possible that she was on the phone at the, yeah. the exact same time or um more disturbingly there are more than one bernard hosts potentially right so i guess it would be um good to at least go back and check what bernard was doing when she was grabbed correct uh finally ford t- right before um ford wipes bernard's memories of Teresa, he says that um it's good to wipe memories because hosts often lose themselves um, in memories, um, which leads us to believe that maybe Ford is aware of what's going on with Dolores, what's going on with Maeve. I mean, we keep asking, how are they not aware of these things? How are they not seeing this? Maybe he's aware and he's okay with this because none of this is really threatening his control. It's just enabling them to be more human, which is what he wants. There's no real threat of anything falling off uh, the hinges as far as he's concerned, uh, at this point, right. Well, we've we've known that he Ford's known about the reveries for some time because he, he created either, them. Yeah, <laughs> created them, or or um, it, actually, it seems uh, a bit like Arnold might have created them. Um, we see, uh, and I think we'll get to it. A point where Ford is trying to calm Maeve down, and he uses a reverie to do so, but mentions that it's a trick from a friend. Um, Arnold. And I'm guessing that friend is Arnold, which might mean that Arnold is the one who event- initially at least created the reveries or created the idea for them. Okay, um, next scene is back to Will and Dolores, and they come on to a place, um, and Dolores says, I'm home. Cut to the place that she's talking about, and it is what appears to be an empty, a little bit more rudimentary western town. And immediately I said to Scott, is this supposed to be the set of the original Westworld from the 1970s or Michael Crichton film? It looks a lot like it. I mean, again, we'd have to go back and watch, but especially the fact that it's a little bit more rudimentary than Sweetwater, 
looks a lot like that. Well, at, at the very least, it plays a similar role um, because when we go through Dolores' memories, we see that I, this is a much more rudimentary set of hosts. Correct. Some of whom can barely really do what they're meant to do. Um, and so when Dolores says she's home, I think she means that in, in, in perhaps a very literal way in that this is probably where she was located when she first, first came online. Right. You know, this is where her first set of loops was or, or what have you. And in terms of home, um, in terms of the set, at the very least, it's a sort of just a just a hand, uh, just a head nod to the um, original Westworld movie. At the, at the most, there's a stronger narrative tie to the original Westworld movie that we might find more out about later. Um, and then Dolores goes into um, her, her memories. Um, and like Scott says, you see the rudimentary hosts and you see um, the little girl from Pariah who... Uh, I don't think it's... I think Pariah is the big city. The, the, the little, little girl, girl from, from the Lawrence, town that right, Lawrence uh, lives in. Which... This little girl has a pretty ubiquitous role in Westworld. She seems to come out any time the hosts have some sort of revelation or um, or deeply questioning things. Is this little girl Arnold's manifestation in the park? Um, I don't know, but when you were mentioning that, um, you know, she she has an important role like amongst the hosts. I remember that she disappeared from the scene um, back when she was in the town that Lawrence is from, uh, when she spoke to Dolores, and in this particular scene, she she asked Dolores if she I think she found what she was looking for. Or she, she says, "Welcome home, Dolores." Right? Uh, well, I, I don't know, um, but she makes she makes an odd <laughs> comment that that lets on that she might know more than she thinks. So I'm wondering if she just appears to hosts. Um, which is a, a, a quick throwaway thought, but then I remember that Ed Harris uh, did speak to her directly. So, um, you know, that, that, that's probably a pie-in-the-sky idea. She said to Dolores, you know more than you think? Uh, no, I'm saying uh, she knows more than we think. Oh, okay. Um, and then the loop, and then the memory plays out where everyone shoots themselves or kills themselves, where everyone starts, there's this sort of shooting um, in the town where a lot of people die, and I think part of that, Dolores's old loop would be that she would take a gun to her head and shoot herself, which she starts doing in the present timeline because she gets confused between memory and reality. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure how this goes down. Uh, we see a figure of some sort, you know, going through the town and shooting people, and uh, and the camera pan doesn't pan. The camera cuts over to a version of Dolores holding a gun. And so we're left to wonder, is Dolores the one who shot up the town? Um, and then Dolores is, uh, that, that, that image of Dolores puts the gun to her head. And then we see, quote unquote, present Dolores um, putting the gun to her head. So I'm, I'm wondering if Dolores is not the one who shot up the town uh, back in that early memory. What makes, uh, could you state more specifically why you think Dolores was the one shooting up the town? She was the only one uh, who was holding a gun that I saw. I didn't see any of the other townspeople shooting, but shooting anything. Did you? But there's actually no shot of her shooting anyone. It's just the only shot of her with the gun is when she puts it to her head. That's correct. Yeah. But there is a figure shooting people in the town, and if she's the only one with the gun, there is a possibility that she is the one who shot up that or town. Or she could have just had a gun on her person and, and and didn't want to deal with this and shot herself. Yeah, that's correct. Um, okay, and then she goes back to. 
um, Will and explains that she doesn't know the difference between memory and reality and she doesn't know what's real and she says the name Arnold which I believe is the first time she says Arnold that we've heard um, but you know same with Maeve there, uh, Arnold has obviously embedded something something deep in these hosts that um, might be beneficial to them if they access it um, okay um, the next scene is Lee and Hale in the basement of headquarters with all the deactivated hosts and they approach Abernathy um, and they upload to him um, a certain information that would presumably allow him to smuggle data out of the park correct? Hale says that once the hosts are wiped they've actually got a, a lot of storage data yeah, and she uploads uh, a huge amount of data that um, that uh, uh, who's the uh, the the writer? Lee. Lee. That Lee wonders if it's um all of the host's core programming. Um, Hale doesn't answer him. Um, and then she tells him to write in essentially write a narrative that gets this one out of the park. Um, and so I think we're we're led to believe that if in fact she uploaded all the um host's core code, she is trying to smuggle Abernathy out to someone or some organization so that they will also be able to make hosts. Right. Uh, how he's going to get Abernathy out of the park after all that we've learned about with Maeve is going to be quite the, quite the feat. Yeah, yeah. And also the fact that Abernathy is an insane uh, host. And Great I, actor, that guy. I'm glad he's back. And I, and I, yeah, and I don't know how it's going to play out once they turn him back on because the reveries clearly affected him immensely. Right. And by insane, you mean that the reveries fucked him up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember in they mentioned uh, way back when that in some of his old loops, uh, he was uh, like a serial killer or, you know, some, some, yeah. some very villainous figure. And so if... And, and liked quoting Shakespeare, if I remember correctly. Right. And so if he brings that to the fore again when he's reactivated, um, I think there could be some real problems. Okay. Um, cut to scene. Stubbs is talking to Bernard and giving his condolences, and he's like, listen, it was my job to stay on top of these things. I know you and Teresa were, were romantically involved, and Bernard goes, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, I'm sad about um, her, her death, but I, I only knew her in a professional sense, and it makes you think that as brilliant as Ford is, shouldn't he have accounted that for this, that certain people who in in the park, it's their job to know these things and they would have known about Bernard and Teresa's relationship and thus found it suspicious when Bernard um, would deny it like this? Or would it be very much in character for someone to deny an affair like that that wasn't supposed to be going on in the first place? Uh, well, um, I think you're right that Ford should have thought about it, but I do appreciate... I think it's good writing that someone obviously would have picked up on it, yeah. and that that's uh, someone is at least uh, confronting Bernard about it. Uh, Stubbs goes on to ask him about um, Elsie's vacation. Um, well, you know, Stubbs indicates that he can't get get a hold of Elsie. Also, right? Yeah. Um, and so he inquires about Elsie, and uh, and Bernard again, you know, brushes that off. Um, and I assume I can only assume that this is all looking very suspicious to Stubbs who we'll probably see in future episodes is going to start digging much harder into all of this. Bigger role for Chris Helmsworth coming up. Everyone's excited. Uh, <laughs> nah, then the penultimate scene of the episode, Man in Black and Teddy, and um, 
the host that was originally meant to welcome guests into the park, um, who is now an in-narrative host, um, basically Teddy's like, who are you really? I have memories of you hurting Dolores, you know, who are you, what's going on? And the man in black goes into an entire explanation about his wife and his daughter and how he used to be the good guy, but... You know, you know, he he has come to believe that his wife killed himself because she was afraid of his dark tendencies, which made him sort of want to come to the park and play a bad guy role. Now, a few things. One, he tells Teddy, I'm a god. Uh, I have control or influence over this world and others, which makes me think back to the original Westworld movie. And I think that's a little, like, a little Easter egg line that might mean that they are is Roman world, and there is uh, medieval world. There might be other worlds based on Ed Harris's comment that he has dominion over multiple worlds. Thoughts? Uh, I think he was just referring to his control in the real world. Okay. Um, which would mean other worlds. Uh, I, I do like the nod to uh, old the old rest world and Roman world and medieval world. Um, but in this particular case, I think that that was a, a cool coincidence and, and they lined up well. But when he said, I have uh, control, I'm a god in this world and in others, I think he was referring to how influential he is in the real world as well. Um, okay, uh, he, so his transition from good guy to bad guy would sort of explain why Will was a good guy back in the day. And he sort why, if, if Will is the man in black, it sort of explains his transition from good to bad, this backstory. Especially since... You know, in in the Will storyline, he tells Dolores that he's engaged to be married. So the fact that he'd have a wife and a daughter sort of, you know, fits in with that narrative. Right, right. It does. It's it still all fits together, and so the uh, the man in black is Will theory is not dead and is in fact probably getting a bit stronger. So he says when he makes this decision to come back to the park, he realizes he's going to kill a homesteader and her daughter, um, which is Maeve, and. As Ed Harris is telling, uh, retelling this memory of killing Maeve and her daughter, Maeve appears to be experiencing it in her current timeline, or current is, who knows, but in her timeline um, in which she's now gained this increased power. Um, and Maeve reaches out and slashes someone, which I believe is New Clem as a result of her experiencing this memory, because she probably reached out and slashed Ed Harris. Um, and I believe that's how that particular scene ends. Anything more to add there? Um, no, no, I, I think you, you covered all the essentials there. Um, last scene is that Maeve's behavior is noticed after her sort of reaching out and attacking New Clem, which would probably otherwise be completely out of character for her. Um, her behavior is finally noticed. It's taken a severely long amount of time for Westworld to notice that one of its hosts is not responding at all to their various demands. Um, and then she's brought back to Arnold and Ford. and uh, Not Arnold. Bernard and Ford. <coughs> or as the internet would, would posit, Bernarnold. Uh, she's brought back to Ford and Bernard and they have a hard time shutting her down. And by using a quote-unquote trick from an old friend, Ford is able to uh, shut her down, which ultimately does not work. Um, I just want to be clear that right now we're talking about the um, 
uh, Maeve's memory um, after her daughter uh, was killed. That's when that's when we see Ford and Bernard come in and calm her yes, down. Yes, correct. Yes, but it doesn't work. They're not able to calm her down ultimately, which maybe shows the beginning of Maeve's enlightenment. They're not able to calm her down. Yeah, initially until Ford applies the reverie um, and starts to uh, erase her memory. Um, and then right before that happens, I think she she comes at them or something. Is that what happens? Or she stabs herself? Yes. Yeah. And the final scene is uh, back to Will. Um, not Will, I'm sorry. Back to Man in Black and Teddy. Um, the female blonde host stabs Teddy. And time to get you back into the fold, I believe she says to him. And then the last scene is the... Um, horde approaching, um, including the man with the minotaur mask. Uh, well, I think it was a different, a different guy in a mask here because the okay. the horns were were longer. But yeah, I mean, obviously these are Wyatt's men coming out of the woodwork, and since we know that Teddy previously, well, in the narrative, previously ran with uh, Wyatt, <laughs> uh, then I think that's that's what the uh, the the hostess the uh, the host hostess was referring yeah. to. Um, and Call then, her hostess. <laughs> and then that's 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 where our episode ends. Uh, in my opinion, a pretty anticlimactic, in narrative way to end the episode. Like I don't care about the in narrative storyline, so that's going to be your cliffhanger. I was a little disappointed about that. Um. Yeah. I mean, I I I didn't mind it coming to a close on sort of a a, a quieter, less less insane beat than than some of the other stuff we've uh, we've seen in this episode. Uh, but you're right. I think it was a weaker scene than some of the others we've, you know, in this episode, and so it was a a, a worse uh, way to end it than I think it otherwise could have been. Okay. Um, any final thoughts? Uh, no, no. I think we covered everything. Uh, okay. Again, um, please uh, listen to us, um, rate us, leave us comments. We'd really love to hear uh, any feedback. Again, anything that we get um, via review uh, or email. Um, we will um, love to discuss on the next episode. And please, if you would like to send us any discussion topics, suggestions, um, jokes, anything over email, uh, please email, out, email us at incitingincidentcast at gmail.com. Um, we will be going away um, next week, so there might not be um, an episode um, right away or if at all uh, we haven't decided whether we're going to skip or do it or do it um later um but stay tuned because we're definitely going to continue this um if not if you know save this minor interruption next week uh anything else to add scotty no so until next time happy watching yes <laughs>